Hello and welcome. This is episode two of Read the Book, Seen the Movie. And since I'm new at this, I kind of messed up with the first episode. Somehow it got truncated and about half of the episode was cut off and I don't know what happened to the other half. It got deleted or you know, escaped into cyberspace or something. Um, And I'm just going to finish off my thoughts from that first episode and then we'll dive right into the first three episodes of Daisy Jones and the Six, which is now on Amazon. Um, So I first got this idea to do this podcast when I was at a book club meeting. Uh, I've been going to a book club off and on for the past 10 years and At one of our meetings, we were discussing the book, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. And at that time, it was in talks of becoming a movie. Now that movie is out. It came out sometime last year. And one of my friends said it wasn't really fair to compare the books to the movies because they're two entirely different mediums. And I I kind of agree with that now. At the moment... It was a novel idea. It struck me in a certain way because, you know, when I read a book in my head, I almost like I always think, what would this look like as a movie? And I'm anxious, excited, you know, sometimes afraid that a movie will ruin the story of the book when I'm anticipating um, watching, you know, a book come to life. And I guess that's why this is this is why it's interesting to me. It's not so much about copying the book, but can the story um, evolve further through the movie? And you know, it it is kind of exciting to see something that you've pictured in your head come to life. Sometimes it totally works. Um, I think Harry Potter is one book, in fact, that. I didn't pick up, you know, I was in my 20s when the books were popular and the movie came out. And I saw the trailer for it and it it's not something I would have picked up picked up in a bookstore, but when I saw it come to life, it piqued my interest and and that's when I started reading the books. Um just as a side note, but anyway, it's I guess it's a pastime for me. I love reading a book first and I almost always read the book first, 95% of the time. I make sure I read the book first and then I watch the movie or the miniseries. And so what I'd like to do now is go into Daisy Jones and the Six, which is a miniseries that recently premiered on Amazon. Um, It came out, they did the first three episodes on, um, on March 3rd. And I'm going to follow their um, flow. They have like the first three episodes, the next three episodes, and then they released um, episode seven and eight, and then they're going to do nine and then 10. And um, I'm going to just follow that pattern. And um, I've made it to episode eight. And let me tell you, I am obsessed. It is just so good. And for those of you that don't know, Daisy Jones and the Six is about a fictional band. It was written by um, Taylor Jenkins Reid, and she's known for doing these um, historical type novels that are based on fictional characters. And 
this is a band that rose to fame in the 70s and it's told in a documentary for format both in the book and the movie or the miniseries I should say um, replicates that in a, in a very very good way and it basically delves into um, a band that's reminiscent of Fleetwood Mac and the making of an album um, it's I don't want to say it's, it's exact. It kind of is reminiscent of Fleetwood Mac and the making of the album Rumors. Um, and the miniseries also has a lot of music from the era. And it's already a tall order, you know, to have a book that that uh, <laughs> you're basically creating uh, characters and a sound through a book and let me tell you when I read the book that I read the book in um, 2020 you can hear the music in the lyrics which is it's kind of it's kind of hard to do <laughs> and she really pulls it off the other thing is that the format of it being in a document you know in a document documentary is that it kind of goes back and forth you have the react the you have like the story being told in the 1970s and then you have um, the players um, talking about that in retrospect and it's it's something like maybe 20 some years after the band broke up um, so we're just gonna dive right into episode one and it starts off with um, like just a, a tagline uh, they're doing their last show on October 4th, 1977, which by the day, by the way, is the day that I was born. And um, it says that was the last time they played in um, Chicago at Soldier Field. And then they broke up. And no one knows why. And no one in the band has talked about why they broke up until now. Um, just to start off with the cast is great it's phenomenal um and the two main characters and i i don't know if the other other characters but the two main um actors that are playing the role of daisy and billy um are singing they're actually singing on the record and there's a, a record that is also you know kind of remarkable um they had some of the best songwriters in the business, um, as well as uh, Jackson Brown, who's from the 70s, um, or who was popular in the 70s, um, contribute to some of the songs, as well as uh, Phoebe Bridgers and um, um, Mumford, the guy from Mumford and Sons. Anyway, so it starts off, the story starts off with Daisy as a kid in 1961, kind of ignored by her parents, living a rich life in Los Angeles. And then you see her as a teen in 1968, obsessed with music and music of the era. And she's sneaking in backstage with the groupies of the other bands. Um, again, she's kind of reminiscent of Penny Lane and Almost Famous, maybe even like Jenny from Forrest Gump. Just kind of like that floating hippie, you know, music lover. Um, obviously, you see that she gets into some trouble um, with men and that not only just her parents... Um, 
ignoring her, but also how she gets treated by men is something that is um, ongoing in the telling of the story. And then it flashes to Pittsburgh where we see Billy living with his brother and his mom. And um, they've been, uh, their father has left them with a guitar. And that guitar um, is something that they both pick around with. And they create a band called the Don Brothers with some of Graham's other friends. And um, they have, they see their dad at a wedding and Billy just proclaims that they're going to make it big and that they're in it for the long haul. It flashes back to Daisy, who's now uh, doing drugs, writing, um, still living with her parents and being essentially ignored by them, but she's still looking for her mom's validation. Um, and Billy then, it flashes back to Pittsburgh. So we've got the, you know these two parallel stories going on, one in Los Angeles, one in Pittsburgh, and we see Billy meet Camilla at a laundromat, and they start dating. She becomes um, the camera woman, so to speak, to start um, documenting their journey. And I think it's kind of understood that when you see old footage of the band, it's it's Camilla who's taken it. Um, then we um, let's see. We go back to um, Daisy, who has a red journal that she's been writing in. And um, we have the first instance of someone stealing her music or a fraction of her music. And um, it's another guy in a band. And that, that kind of comes back later in later episodes. Daisy then meets um, Simone. And... Um, Billy and Graham, and now there's a there's um, uh, Graham's friend, which is Warren, who's the drummer, and Eddie, who's now become the bass guitarist. Um, they find and recruit um, Karen, who becomes their keyboardist. She's also, I think, you know, if this is based on Fleetwood Mac, we have Karen as the blonde keyboardist, um, just like Christine McVie. And we have um, Daisy Jones, who will eventually be, will play the Stevie Nicks in, you know, if this was mirrored after Fleetwood Mac. And I, I'm guessing that um, Billy is then uh, the Lindsay Buckingham of it all. Um, then we get on to, um, you know, Billy meets Camilla's family and, um, they're a little hesitant about him, you know, being a rock star. But from the beginning, Camilla is gives him the confidence that he's going to make it big and he's going to take care of her and their future family. Um, Daisy is then hears the song and um, comments to another guy that she wrote that song. And another guy, it's the second instance of... Um, in this case, it's a guy who works in movies stealing one of her lines. And and that's when she says, I'm not the muse, I'm the somebody. That she's not here to be the muse for other artistic men. That she's here to be the artist. And that she has something to say. 
So in both these cases, you see both Billy and Daisy with a sense of not only artistry, but a confidence that they're going to make it big. As episode one comes to an end, we see Daisy um, playing at a piano bar, finally having the confidence to play in front of people, and the band is moving to Los Angeles. In episode two, we get um, Teddy Price. He is the um, record producer that uh, eventually connects Daisy to Billy. Um, So we see him not in the documentary doing an interview, but we see him on the Merv Griffin show in 1982. Um, That kind of keys us in that, you know, maybe Teddy's not around at the time of the documentary. And um, instead they're pulling from his old interviews. So we see that we see that Teddy is the man behind the eventual band, um, Daisy Jones and the six. And then, um, the Dunn brothers, which I think is kind of a funny name because Dunn, D-U-N-N-E, sounds like D-O-N-E. And it is really not a great name for a band, which comes up later. And um, they are in L.A. They show up at a tour manager, Rod's house. He's played by Timothy Oliphant. He's the, I think he's the only, or he's one of the few people who's kind of recognizable in the in the miniseries. Um, Daisy has moved in with Simone and um, the Dunn brothers get a job on the strip and they start, you know, playing gigs at like a like a dive bar. Um, Teddy comes to see them and you can see signs that Billy is drinking and that, um, you know, they're struggling is that they have changed their name to the six and even though there are five members in the band um they have camilla and she's the sixth and um nearby you see teddy seeing simone um daisy performs um again this time with simone um singing back up for her and you get a sense of daisy's attitude when teddy approaches her she thinks it's another man trying to take credit for her work and she's not having it then billy and warren sorry billy and graham run into teddy at a mini mart and they beg him for a chance he accepts and lets them play one song and he recognizes that they have talent and they have at that time a sound that's kind of up and coming and um they put together an album after they've played um extensively and once the album is put together that means that they get to go on the road camilla finds out that she's pregnant and she and billy get married the next day you see a little bit of tension with eddie who's the bass player there's already some rivalry i think it's a one-sided rivalry from eddie's part towards billy Um, and you definitely see some signs of, um, dad abandonment issues because he doesn't, Billy doesn't want to make the same mistakes as his father. And it turns into like a typical rock and roll story where, um, 
you know, Billy is drinking. He is on tour and sleeping with other women and is just, it's, it's such a cliche. And um, Camilla has the baby when the band is on tour. Teddy comes to, to get Billy to take him to Camilla and he's just kind of a mess. And instead he drops him off at rehab. Um, episode two ends with Daisy singing and recording a song, her first song on a cassette player for Teddy. Then we have episode three. Um, Daisy plays the song for Teddy. Teddy likes it, says that she, you know, should start writing more songs to make an album and that that one song that she's made is now the worst song on her album and everything just has to get better from there. Billy comes back from rehab. There's now a baby, you know, his tour has been canceled. The rest of the band has been surviving with odd jobs. Camilla has been surviving on her own. First of all, she had to have the baby on her own and then is now taking care of the baby um, with her mother in town. And um, they're just trying to get by. Daisy is working on her songs and Simone is also recording some stuff. Now, Simone is like the disco, disco diva, you know, think, you know, Donna Summers, maybe a little bit of Diana Ross. She's, she's the fictional character that kind of embodies all of that, um, the disco era. And, you know, she also, unfortunately, both of them see that, you know, it's a male-dominated industry, and if they want their stuff to get recorded and promoted, that sometimes, you know, they're put in places that are very uncomfortable, um, <laughs> so to speak, if you know what I'm talking about. So Simone records some stuff. She meets Bernice, or Bernie, at a party, and um, Daisy also sees Wyatt, who was the one who had stolen, um, you know, the tune and the lyrics for his biggest hit she you know subsequently pushes him into a pool um and just on a side note some of this stuff it, it's kind of amusing and especially when you go back in the documentary it adds a lot of you know uh, humor and kind of like lightness to the story because at the time it was probably more of a big deal and in hindsight you know when she's become successful and is talking to someone or is you know having an interview interview conducted she's a little bit more nonchalant about it um anyway so billy basically wants out of the band he wants to move back to pittsburgh he wants to be the father figure that he never had um so the rest of the six which is actually now four people are trying to find a new lead eddie says that you know he wants it he doesn't hide the fact that he wants it he sings one of their songs it just you know even as a viewer it just doesn't feel right but the band you know has little choice at this point um then billy writes a song and he wants to go back um into the band to you know eddie's kind of annoyed by that he's like you know, Camilla, you're letting him back in, you know, the band, we're just going to let him back in. He messed everything up for us. We had everything and he screwed it up. But, you know, he just gets to say he's sorry and walks back in. Um, anyway, so he writes a song called Honeycomb. And the main verse in the song is, I know we can get it all back. And it's basically like a love letter to Camilla, like, 
you know, we can get it all back. We can get back to the right place. And it's basically a sappy love song. It's kind of like an apology mixed up with a, you know, hopeful premonition. And um, Teddy hears it, thinks it's okay, but tells Billy he's going to play it for the record executives, which he does. The record executives don't like it and they want to move on. They say that their sound isn't unique anymore, that there are tons of bands that are that with the same you know type of sound right now. But um, Daisy overhears it when she's with Teddy. And Teddy asks her, you know, what would you do with this? And he asks her to think about it and to contribute. So Daisy goes home, listens to the song, makes a few notes, rewrites a few lyrics. And this is also another funny part where you see like the reactions from, and they don't even say anything. You see Billy, you know, in the documentary and um, Daisy and their facial reactions. It's kind of funny. Anyway, so um, they get Daisy in the studio. She meets Billy and the rest of the band. And you know, when she goes, baby, 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 it's very Joni Mitchell. So for me, like, Daisy is kind of like an embodiment. And again, it's it's interesting because both the music and the characters, they don't copy. They're reminiscent without copying. And she has this Joni Mitchell, Stevie Nicks, even her look in the interviews in the 90s looks very much like Stevie Nicks in the dance, like this long straight hair, the bangs. It's, it's cool in a way where it's not, you know, it's really hard not to be like a cartoon and just, or a caricature uh, and just imitating or copying, um, you know, these people that we know in real life or not know, but like we've seen forever in real life. Um, anyway, so they argue a little bit about the lyrics. Apparently, Billy doesn't realize that Daisy has changed some of the lyrics and obviously he's annoyed by it. And he goes into a storeroom with Teddy and is angry. And Teddy's like, look, this is your last chance. The record executive said, no, I'm paying for your session here. So give her a shot. And the song that they sing together is beautiful. It's a great song. She rewrites that one lyric to we can make a good thing bad, which is which is better than, you know, we can get it all back. And um, they kind of work on this song. And you can see um, Billy, he's conflicted. He knows that the song is good. He tells Camilla the whole thing was a nightmare and it was a wash. So he doesn't want to admit to others or himself that Daisy there gives them that extra push to take them from just a regular band that's kind of in black and white and turn them into color. Um, so that's basically where episode three ends. Um, after Billy says to Camilla, you know, it was a total wash, it was a nightmare. You see Daisy walk in and Simone asks her, so how was your day? And she said, it was basically the best day of her life. Um, and that's how episode three ends. And, uh, you know, I, when I saw the trailers for Daisy Jones and the Six, I was like, oh my God, this, I really want to like this, but it looks, 
it doesn't look good. <laughs> and it really, I mean, has impressed me a lot. I am a fan of rock documentaries. I like music from that era, from the 70s. I love Fleetwood Mac. And having, you know, this band that's almost as good as a real band, it, I mean, it's a tall order and I mean, it just delivers. And I'm so excited about, you know, the last two episodes. But anyway, the first three kind of give us, you know, the origin story for the two main characters, Billy and Daisy. And at the end, they still have this, you know, antagonist relationship or at least from Billy's side, but they create the song, um, which is is impressing everyone um and we'll see that in the next episode anyway that comes i mean that's that's the end of this podcast episode and my plan is to do episode four five and six next time and um i hope that you enjoy this episode and if you have any suggestions for me please like subscribe follow comment rate and let me know you can follow us on instagram at read the book seen the movie um exactly as it sounds and anyway see you all later bye